Post it on the moon. Oh no. Post it on the moon. Studios presents another ghetto and Galia. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. Production. Put your hands in the air. Put your hands in the air. Can you redo that, please? All right. Post it on the moon. Hello. Posted on the Moon Studios presents another ghetto and godly. I don't say no production. Yeah, you do. No, I don't. What's good, congregation? It's your girl, Auntie Mimi. Ghetto and godly production. Don't even sound right. The big shit talker. You do say posted on the moon production. No, Go back to the archive. Posted on the Moon Studios presents. Thank you. I know what I say. Okay. I'm saying, man, you go left, I go right. It's crazy. I got my own mind. I do my own stuff. Nope, you're wrong. (laughs) Your mind is wrong. I've been watching Sister, Sister. You can't tell me my mind is wrong. My mind is is very right. You can't tell me what I'm saying. Babe, I've never steered you wrong in anything. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. You gotta get here telling the truth now. Maybe one thing. But we can count that on one hand, one uh, finger, one thing. Uh, life will tell. Life will tell. One thing. What's up, y'all? Did y'all miss us? It's another week, another ghetto and godly show. We are back, back to back, like Drizzy. What, bro? Who is that? I don't even know who that is. Drizzy Drake. Mm. We and Drake's wearing Drake's. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh shit! <laughs> Who was that? Y'all got a guess in that motherfucker? Y'all get us some coffee. Noah is crazy. Yeah. Congregation, oh, that's yeah. that is Doctor Key's best friend. You know they really say a dog is a man, but man's best friend. Like I really witnessed that every day with my own two y'all. Like I like I told y'all on the last show. Like they're completely inseparable. That's why she's tripping because. He's not paying attention to her. So, <laughs> shout out to Nola for making her debut on last week's show with her noises, and she's back again for a double up. Yeah, Nola's funny, y'all. <laughs> funny shit. So, what's new, Doctor Key? What's been going on this week? Any good news, bad news, and different news? Man. New projects? No. New I- info? Tell the congregation. I don't have no bad news, but. You know what I'm saying? Um, Ancestry.com uh, been showing out, man, you know. What you mean? And you got to be careful, man. You know, if you are a person out there. Got to be more careful. Like sharing your DNA, man. You know what I'm so saying? So what did you do? So you did the Ancestry.com. You spit in the thing. Hold on. Hold on. Can I, can I, can I, can I, can I leave uh, it I'm going to let you tell your story. Can we explain stuff to My fault, boss. All right. So, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, y'all just got to be careful out there sharing your DNA with everybody because you never know how it's going to You got to be more specific when you say you. that, sharing your DNA with everybody. Like, what, what I mean? Like, what you that know what I'm saying? How you do, how, so you tell me, how, how to, how, tell me how many ways you know you can share DNA My with somebody. My mind completely goes to the gutter when you tell people to stop, you can't be sharing your DNA. Yeah, exactly. So you have to... Make sure in reference to, in lieu of. I don't think you can share DNA by like ancestry. only one way. 
But it having a sexual relations. I think that's the only way you can yeah, show it. Yeah, and that's at. where. But so I'm saying you gotta you gotta be so, more specific. So first, I I'm leading up to something. So I did my ancestry because I really wanted to just you know go back and find my Indian lineage. You know what I'm saying? So I can get these stupid loans taken care of, give me a couple grants, all that good shit, just give y'all <laughs> some game. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So. I, you know what I'm saying, paid the $100 for Ancestry DNA. Did They sent me the kit. I spit in the kit, sent the kit back to them, and waited four weeks for my results. And then when I got my results, man, that shit blew my mind. Well, it didn't at first, right? Yeah, yeah, it did at first. Like, because, like, it, it, you know, it, it was, like, it was overwhelming to see all these people that, you know, I'm actually kin to that I didn't know I was kin to. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, like, I was just, like, first I was, like, damn. Like, did they did they fuck up or something? Did they, they mix my DNA with somebody else's DNA? I'm on the wrong tribe. Y'all, he had so many white folks yeah. on his DNA. Yeah, it's just crazy. I got hella white folks. I got Spanish folks. I got Indians. I got everything. But that makes sense because I'm Creole, so... It, it totally, Are you Creole? It said you were Creole? Yeah, that's what that's what that is. Like I got French, Indian, I got Portuguese, all that shit in me. That's hmm. what I said. Yes, I got all you that in me. Some pretty babies. And um <laughs> it's just it's and it's crazy because my grandmother always told me this and like I just didn't, you know what I'm saying? I didn't like think we you know we black, you know, I just feel like we black. But um like if you look at my hair, I mean you probably can see it, but I just see it as we black. But so deeper than that, you know what I'm saying? I saw all these new people I was kin to. I reached out to them. Some of them actually reached back. Actually, some of the white ones reached back. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was, cause I hit what them all up. What did you reach out to them and say? What up, cuz? Cousin. Hey, yo, hey, you my cousin. Yep. Couldn't yep. Pete. Yep. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm country, y'all. So, like, but I'm genuine. So, like, I just really had a little message. I copied that shit and pasted it. Oh, to keep so my... genuine with the oh, copy course. and paste. Yeah, because I just want to see who go respond. <laughs> I want to see who go actually respond. And after mm-hmm. they respond, then I get into a genuine conversation. So, what it, so you said, hey, cousin, I'm mm-hmm. your cousin. Mm-hmm. And then they reply back and said, hey, someone, cousin. Yeah, someone said, hey, cousin, I see it. Someone said, how? Someone asked me who. Even the white one asked me, like, who? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what if I would have reached out to the white people, and not in this climate. Man, this, that's the thing, though. That's why you do it because you kind of show people like how the fuck are we racist like you got some black people in your family i got some white people in my family we all got we all mix it's just if you really get down to the truth of it it's like a fake ass fight because you really can't be racist okay so you reached out to them and then yeah all them reached back but there was this one fucking connection i had y'all it was like a very close connection and with a close connection, it's either like a granddad or a grandmother or an uncle or a double first cousin, which is weird, or a half-sibling. It's not weird because where you come from, that it, shit happens it's, it's a, a lot. Right, right. Or it could be like a, um, a fucking a half-sibling. So I was like, fuck. At first, I thought like this like one of my fucking like my grandfather's brother or cousins or something because like i'm telling y'all it's like a whole different set of people i ain't never met that's my cousin so like after after um after i did a little research man i finally reached out to the person with the account and i actually saw them on facebook and i asked him i said hey 
I said, who account is this? You know what I'm saying? I asked her, I said, how you doing? I said, do you know this account? Because you run the account. And she was like, that's my husband's account, Sylvester. You know what I mean? My bad, I got to take that out. I'm take the name out. But she was like, that's my husband's account. And I was like, wow, like that's fucking crazy. So her husband was either like, and they were young, so I was like, yeah, they got my brother. And then it already, well, to be honest with y'all, I, I really knew. I, I saw the name. Of the person, I actually knew it was my brother, cause I he's the junior of the um the person that actually my dad. You know what I'm saying? So that shit, that shit just blew my mind because like that DNA don't lie. So how how me and him connected? Like, and and the crazy thing about it though is like if he would have never did ancestry.com, I would have never knew. I still wouldn't knew, like the truth, because like I went, I lived my whole life not really like having a dad type shit in my life, so. Like, to find out who my real father is and, like, this person. Right. So, the only way that Ancestry will have the DNA on file is if, they, they if they've done their Ancestry. ancestry. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So, that we made a connection. And the, the crazy thing about everything is, like, my father, like, really come from, like, a, a prestigious family, like, in my town. Like, they own businesses. Like, you know what I'm saying? They, they like, own... Like they they like politicians there, they state politicians, lawyers, like all kind of shit. And you know congregation, Doctor He has always said, like since we've been together, he's always said, like I feel like I don't like I was just put here with these people. Yeah, like I didn't feel like I didn't that, fit with my family. That helped raise him. Like he felt like he didn't fit in. Like he was different. Yeah. So. Like, I was always like, um, no, you're just different. Like, some people are just different than, you know, what they're brought up around. You know, it just happens that way. But in his case, you know, it was very true. Like, he's different and you didn't really, you came from these people, but that wasn't all of you. So there's a difference. There's another side of you that you didn't get to experience that you were always curious, curious about. about. Right, right, right. Because I was just like, like, this shit just... Like, I just knew, like, and I love my family, you know what I'm saying? Like, but I just knew, like, I wanted more. I always wanted more. I wanted to do more. I wanted to, like, I wanted more than what they wanted, you know what I'm saying? And, like, and that's just why I felt like out of place. Because, like, if there was nobody there who could give me what I needed, you know what I'm saying, to actually do more. I had to really go figure it out. But if I would have had, if I would have knew who my father was and would have had him in my life, that shit would have been already laid out for me and I would just had to follow this path you know follow the path mm. so you said that you know you wanted more like how and by the way congregation like this show is just all about us like digging I just felt like it was important for us to like kind of just go backwards and dig into who we are who we were growing up um just life experiences and what got us here to this point you know for for you guys to listen to the people that you listen to today so yeah <laughs> so back to what i was saying so what what are some things that you saw that you was like nah this ain't it like this can't be like i want more than this like what's what are some things that you experienced as a kid or growing up no it's just like like you know what i'm saying like even just having a car you know what i'm saying like a lot of people in my family they have cars you know what i'm saying they have like their own car Mm. They had to like catch a ride or wait or walk, you know what I'm saying, or wait for somebody to pick them up, you know what I'm saying. Mm. Like my family, they, they do a lot of waiting, you know what I'm saying. Like they do, they, mm. you know, I don't do that, you know what I'm saying. Like they get they to get a lot of handouts. I don't want that, you know what I'm saying. Like I want to like really figure out my way and create my own way, you know what I'm saying. And that's right. kind of like 
what my family did. They created their own wealth, and you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying. And, my, and that's what they they have. Mm-hmm. And that's that shit crazy. And then like the the real crazy part about it, like I really grew up. I knew. You know what I'm saying? Because my mom did tell me, but I didn't really know because she, like, didn't really just make it concrete. Mm-hmm. And then, like, they didn't put him on child support here. So, you know, child support will tell me it's real. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, so, <laughs> that shit daddy. That yeah, shit happy. He gonna pay. He gonna kick in. Like, I don't care if he is married, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. he gotta take care of this child. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Hmm. That's so interesting. So, like, for me, what I've seen growing up, you know, I grew up in California, San Bernardino. I've seen two two sides. Like, I saw my dad's side of the family where they worked. Mm-hmm. Majority of them worked hard. Um, nurses, medical field, my aunties worked. And my dad was also, like, a serial entrepreneur. Like, my dad was a cosmetologist growing up. He had his own shop at one point. And, you know, he would hustle. Like, my dad would go to L.A. downtown and go by jury and bring it back to San Bernardino and, and you know, sell it. Right. Um, so I always seemed like my daddy with this hustle side of him. And I, I, I know that I possess that. Like, I have that go-get-it type of attitude. Like, I, I'm a hustler. But I also saw, like, my mother's side of the family where um, I, I wouldn't say, like, poverty, but I would say, like, a lot of, like, struggling and not really... Um, you know, no careers really. Like, I really don't know what my grandfather did for a living. I don't really know what my grandma, <clears throat> my grandmother did for a living on that side. And then my mom, you know, she kind of tried to break the generational curse. Like, she went back to school. Like, she got her GED. She got, she went to college. Um, she, you know, worked in preschool. She, you know, worked pretty decent jobs when she moved to Vegas. And, um, but I was exposed to, like, a lot of, like drugs and like just like drug dealing like drug dealing like gang banging you know just like fights and you know just like hood shit bullshit bullshit hood (laughs) shit like for real so i it's just interesting how like i was really exposed to like both sides of that right right and I saw that shit too. Like I was even thinking about the day. Like I remember when, uh, cause, you know, I grew up. We was raised in the projects, but me and my grandma lived in there like for like eighteen years. That's crazy. Well, not even eighteen. Well, yeah, it was like eighteen because that's when I graduated. But um, when uh, we was living in there, like I remember like the this girl, man, my cousin. It was my cousin's girlfriend, and they had their own apartment, and a gunshot went off, and like she was playing. See, well, he said. She was playing with the gun, and you believe him? Yeah, I don't think he killed her. I don't think he would kill his girlfriend. He didn't, he didn't go to jail for that or nothing, but that shit happened. Mm, that's crazy. Right down Lincoln Center. I don't know. Did I take you to Lincoln Center when we went down there? Yeah, we went to Lincoln Center. We drove around. It was like right there by that Walmart, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we drove yeah, down the street from the Walmart. Yeah, we drove to Lincoln, like through Lincoln Center. Yeah, that shit happened Lincoln Center. Then the crazy thing about it, we had moved into the apartment after that. Me and my mom. Oh, that is crazy. That's hella crazy. So you lived in the projects with your mama and then your daddy, I mean, then your mom moved into the projects? Yeah. I lived in there with my grandma. We all lived with my grandma at first. And, and then, then my mama, mama got, got an apartment in the projects. In the same project, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the crazy thing, all my aunties and them got the same apartment in the in same projects. Project. Yep. That's, uh, I, was, I forgot what I was watching, but I think it was the R. Kelly, um, Surviving R. Kelly, and his brothers were talking about 
how their whole family lived in a project. Same project. That shit that shit is fucking crazy. Generations. Generations of project mm -hmm. living. Yeah, that's what that's what's going on in Hermitage. Mm -hmm. The the kids will be raised in the projects and if they don't feel like they can do better and they wanna do better, all they do is go get a little job and they'll stay in the projects. They'll go get their own apartment and feel good about it. What you what do you think okay, so projects, you know, affordable housing, like but what do you think what what do you think keeps people stuck in the projects? I mean, to be honest with you, it's like, it's really the way you think. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you could be like, I'm cool with that shit. Or you could be like, man, you know what? I'm not ever going to live back in this motherfucker. And mm -hmm. if you have that, 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 that motivation, you're not going to live back in that motherfucker. You feel me? Like, mm -hmm. there ain't no way that Keyshawn Ford will ever get a motherfucking apartment in Lincoln yeah. Center. Mm-hmm. I will fucking be homeless with a cart before I go mm. get an apartment back That's in Lincoln Center. Yeah, for you're real. right because you know I, I'm sure everybody knows um, about like Nickerson Gardens or in the projects in in South Central. And what's the other one I was on? Don't be a menace. Uh, um, but it was another um, the Jordan Down projects in um, in LA. Mm -hmm. But I was watching. A documentary on YouTube, and it was about Nickerson Garden like projects. But like, and I think in California, LA in particular, like people in the projects, they got the flyest cars. <laughs> Weave down to their motherfucking ankles, hair done, nails done, everything did, bundles, lashes jury like and they just content with living in the projects like that's but you crazy. live in the projects though that shit crazy it's a mind thing man it bro. is definitely that's a mindset. mindset I think that's with anything that's mm -hmm. with anything but yeah but definitely living in the projects like it's your mindset that's it I mean it was cool in the projects as a kid though cause I always had other kids to play with you know what I'm saying so like did when was the moment that you realized like fuck I live in the projects like when I, to be honest with y'all, man, I didn't feel bad. I I didn't feel bad. I didn't. For, the first time I ever felt bad about living in the projects is when um, I came to school and they were making fun of us because our bus and everybody knew the dinosaur bus went to the projects. Mm. Yeah, that was the first time I ever. Cause I, I didn't even care. I didn't even know. You know what I'm saying? Like until somebody you know pointed it out to pointed you. it out to me. Like y'all live in a project mm. and they lived in the house. Mm. Yeah, and then I wanted to live in the house. Mm. Mm -hmm. that's, that's how that shit happened. Then I wanted to live in the house. Niggas like, fucking, they don't care me. I live in a project. Yeah, I mean, we grew up in a house for the most part in California, but shout out to Section A Housing. Because <laughs> yeah, cool. that was the only way we would have been able to afford a house in California. Like, California real estate is, you know, pricey. But, um, yeah, we lived in houses, you know. That shit crazy. So how do you think, like, what would you say how your your childhood has impacted you like, uh, today? I mean, I, Like, what do you take, what does that little boy in the projects take with him everywhere he go today? To be honest with you, I really take the love that I got from mm -hmm. the community. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I, really, I really got a lot of love from the community in the projects growing up. And I still do. You know what I'm saying? I, like, the, these same people, like, if I talk to them today... 
like these same people love me. Like they'll tell you, like they'll tell me I love you, you know, Tuki. And then like when I go see, when I go home, like they all want to see me. Mm-hmm. That's, That's dope. Yeah, I mean, they're my, they're my people. Like I was even like thinking like that shit crazy. Like if it was some reason down there, like I would go, like back to be like a. Uh, like a city politician or something like I win cause like mm-hmm. I, I got a lot of people like I know there that that, that, that vote for me they'll mm-hmm. vote for me cause they know me they know how, how I am and I've always been the same like I just grew up and got older you know what I'm saying and became a a man but you know what I'm saying like I've been like the same person you know I've been happy positive if I can help you I'm gonna help you and mm-hmm. that's it mm-hmm. that's dope I think for me like what I take away from my childhood because even though I grew up with both my parents and my parents split up when I was 11 and it was a volatile relationship that they had. Like it was like a relief when they um, split up, but I was a daddy's girl. Like my dad just poured so much love and attention into me. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm so grateful for that because I knew like he was really my first love as, you know, as a, as a kid, like it truly, your daughter you know your 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 daddy is your first love if you know he's really in your life like that but on the other hand you know this is my truth like I realized that I grew up with a mom who didn't really who didn't receive um a lot of love and affection from her her mom or her dad so she really didn't know how to give it to us and she really didn't know learn how to love herself. Gotcha. So I think that like I didn't grow up with like uh, affirmations from my mom, like telling me like you're beautiful, you're great, you sweet, you was kind, you was important. Like I didn't get none of I didn't really didn't get none of that. Um, it was just kind of like she was trying to survive and like make it make sure she raised us and she, we had clothes and we had food on, you know food on the table and. Um, I really didn't grow up with, you know, those, that re- positive reinforcement. And I think with that, when my parents um, split up, I really went into, like, a really like, dark place because I felt like my, my savior, like, my best friend, like, moved out of the house. Like, what the fuck am I going to do now? Like, survive? <laughs> right, right. So, but I learned to become more self-sufficient when he moved out, even though my dad was still in my life, um, when he moved out and I just, I learned that you can't rely on other people to um, affirm you. Like, you have to affirm yourself. Like, you have to be sure of yourself. Like, yes, your mom, you know, she's struggling with her her own um, self-esteem, but you still have to get yours up. Like, you can't go out here in the world, like, Feel, not feeling that you're greatest so regardless of how you look how you feel you got to go out there with your head high so I really like developed like this strong sense of self mm-hmm. at a young age so no that's what you have to because like if you don't know yourself you'll let somebody else devalue you mm-hmm. so you gotta know yourself you gotta know your value so when it ain't right you can walk away mm-hmm. you ain't gotta participate in bullshit mm-hmm like even now like it just pours over like i don't care about a compliment i don't care about a good job i i'm okay with me you know god is okay with me i'm good with me we good with me and we getting on 
So, <laughs> and it may come off like a certain kind of way, but I think that's where you—that's where you have to be. I was talking to some a, a young lady, and she was telling me that she kind of dealt with the same thing, but she wanted that, like she yearned to receive like compliments and you know data boys and you know like really like high fives and all that shit and i had to tell her like you if you're gonna wait to be great if you're gonna wait on that to be great like you're gonna be waiting on your whole fucking life Mm -hmm. like you better tell yourself you the shit and keep it fucking moving yeah so because uh you know motherfuckers because people will tear you down you're never as good as they say that you are and you're never as bad as they say that you are so you have to be okay with you right period poo no you're right totally right so totally right because some people ain't gonna keep it real they ain't keeping it real with themselves. what are some like there's some negative things that have happened in your childhood that you know that you kind of as you grow and you become the man that you are the person that you are today like damn like i didn't know that that really affected me like that like that's crazy mm, i think like Really, like, not having that that guidance and that support, like, that father, I think that, that affected me a little bit, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Because I feel like if I'd have had that father, you know what I'm saying, I could have I could have figured out some stuff that I didn't have to figure out on my own. Mm. Mm-hmm. It could have just been, like, explained to me or, you know what I'm saying, or, like, you know, instructed to me, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, so I would have knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, like, I was a man having to figure out stuff. Like, I, I ain't finna go up and just be, like... You know what I'm saying? Just ask a random person some shit. Like, right. I really have to figure out I mean, out but you had a village, though. Like, you still had your cousins that were older. But I know there's nothing like that father. Like, I think, you know, you do look for that, you know, that my dad. You right. Know? Yeah, because I feel like, like with your dad, like, you can be like, you can, you, see, I can tell my cousin certain stuff. You know what I'm saying? But with my dad, like, I feel like you could tell your dad everything because, like, you really came from them. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So you, I could tell them I mean, more. you would think, but that's not, even if, you know, you did have your dad in your life. Like, who's to say that would be the case? No, you know? you're right. Some you're people right. grow up with both parents, and maybe you can't tell your parents everything because they're going to judge you or they're going to feel some type of way or, you know, disown you for certain decisions that you're making and, you know, hold shit against you. No, you're right. That's totally possible, too. That's totally possible. Like, even my, um, one of my family members, you know, he told me, like, you know, he got an issue talking to his dad. You know what Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? He let his older brother do it. You know what I'm saying? Mm Because he, 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 like, he ain't ain't, ain't ready to to do that. I mean, we got to understand, like, this is what I came to realize. When I came to peace with, like, my childhood and, like, the shit that I've been through. Like, our parents... (laughs) are dealing with their own fucking trauma. Their own childhood trauma, their own baggage, their own insecurities, their own fuck-ups, and then you have these beings that come from you, and then you're supposed to figure out how to be a mom or a dad without inflicting your bullshit on them, but of course you're going to inflict your bullshit on them because... They're a part of you, <laughs> and right. you haven't dealt with your bullshit. So here we go, this ongoing s- cycle of psychosis. So I just learned like the shit that my mama and my daddy did. Like 
I, they did the best that they fucking could. But today, if you do some, if, even them, like if they do some bullshit to me, not my daddy, because he's just like, <laughs> he's just perfect. <laughs> Mike Pete. But if my mom does something to me, like I'm going to tell her in a respectful way, like what she's doing and that it's hurtful and it's damaging. So I would think as two adults, like two black women, we can respect each other to, you know, have an open discussion and try to make those strides not to make the same mistakes. But once again, you're dealing with people. These are people first, human beings first that are not dealt with their own bullshit. And here we go with the bullshit. So sometimes you got to like, in my case, congregation, like I've had to like, I love my parents. I love my mom. I love my daddy equally, but differently. But, um, you know, you got to sometimes like treat your, treat your parents or the people that's supposed to be close to you. You got to feed them with a long handled spoon A long handle. to protect your own, your, your own peace and your own energy at all costs. No, you're right. You're you being extra 100 with that one. So, totally right. Totally so right. I'm still, get my space. Please give me my space. <laughs> I don't know if there's some negative things that I've dealt with. I'm sure there are, but um, to pinpoint one negative thing that I've dealt with, that is, and um, I wouldn't say it's a it's one thing. I would say just um, being raised by. A woman that um you know didn't didn't wasn't really affectionate so I think you bae like you you kind of showed me like affection like you know how to be affectionate and I, we still had this conversation about like you know be soft me you know be that but I think a part of me like is never gonna leave because I am I don't know like I I I like to I like structure in a certain way. I like to get shit done. But I do, you know, sit down and be like, okay, I can be a little bit softer. Mm-hmm. A li- I can say that a little bit more, um, you know, not so aggressive. <laughs> but, you know, these are learned behaviors that, you know, and patterns that I have to undo. Mm-hmm. So... That's it. It's yeah, you're bad with I me. I learned a whole lot, a whole lot of stuff, baby. Yeah, I mean, we we listen. We are black in America. We are born into trauma that we have to unlearn, mm-hmm. and habits that we have to unlearn. Mm-hmm. So, who was the most influential person in your life? Uh, the most influential person, like uh. Mm, I would say. Uh, do, 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 do. That's a hard one, but no, 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 just messing with you. I would say my it, it, my cousin law and my uncle Bogut, cause like like they always went to work. You know what I'm saying? Mm, no matter hard what. Hardworking man. Yeah, they always went to work, man, and got the got the you know got the bad like all the time. Like mm. you know, like rain, sleet, snow. Mm. They went, went to, to work. go get it. Mm-hmm. That's dope. In the morning too, early in the morning, like mm. five to four o'clock in the morning, log yard, damn book at the cemetery. Mm. It's crazy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um. What about you, baby? Who's the most influential person in your life? 
I would I would have to say two people too. Like I would say my daddy. My pay. Um, it's my daddy for just being like I said, he took time with me. Like he was patient. He was attentive. He was a hustler. Like, you know, he was just like a superhero to me. Um, he was just everything. Like I even to this day, like my dad, he struggled for a while with um like substance abuse and um, you know, he was diagnosed with, you know, bipolar and he would like to drink, but when he would drink because he's bipolar, you know, he would just kinda turn into somebody different. Like I didn't know who this person was. But as of the past like two years, he's been um, completely sober. So after, you know, after he got sober, I felt like I got my daddy back. Mm-hmm. Like we're able to have real like heart to heart conversations about just like life and my business because he, you know, he's been in this, you know, in this industry and, um, you know, just about our day, just my daddy, you know, just real genuine conversations about what we're both going through what we're feeling that day so like i really appreciate that and like value value that time in those talks with him and i'm glad i'm able to experience him about to tear up i'm glad i'm able to experience him oh in his sobriety um another person that was you know and still is influential in my life will be my auntie Harriet, okay? Mm-hmm. So I have several aunties, my auntie team, love them all. But my auntie Harriet, she and I, so f- for a long time growing up, I always thought that my auntie Harriet's birthday was on the 6th. It was either the, the 16th or the 18th. So I'm really bad with birthdays. I'm getting better now. So I always thought her birthday was either the 16th or the 17th my of October. My birthday is October 17th. Two years ago, I found out that my auntie Harriet's birthday is my birthday. It's on October 17th. But growing up, my auntie Harriet, she was like such a lady to me. Like, you know, she was married. Like every time we, she was the one that threw the Thanksgiving dinners and the Christmases and the Easter's and gave nice gifts and the barbecues. And every time we would go over there, her house was immaculate, like clean, like regardless of if it's people there, like it was just a clean ass house. And I admired that growing up. Like, oh my God, like nothing is out of place. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing is out of place. Come to find out, you know, I didn't know growing up that my, uh, her husband, Uncle Smitty was in the military. Um, But her house, and I just admired just how she uh, would host these family events. And like I said, she was just such a lady to me. So now that I'm older and she's moved closer to us, um, out here, um, you know, I'm, I'm just able to experience her on a different level. Like she, you know, her heart is just amazing. Like she's just, I talk to her like several times a week. Like she's just, and she, she's about her money too. Like we, I understand her. And I and now I understand why I understand her. Like we are the same sign. Like we are both lovely Libras. Like mm-hmm. of course. So 
Auntie Harriet, like she she was dope. Like I admired her growing up, and I still admire her. I think my dad will leave with you. Really? Mm-hmm. Which one? Sylvester. <laughs> Which daddy? Sylvester. So okay, so going back to that, just like real quick, because I'm you know I want to know. Mm-hmm. And you brought it up. Like, are you st- are you still going to acknowledge your the dad that you? new growing up as your dad or do you feel differently now like okay well I can't really call you dad because you're not really my dad and not to say that you're going to call this new person dad because you know you're grown now but it's like damn like how do you feel about the dad that you thought was your dad that shit crazy man. I just feel like it's got two of them <laughs> like fuck it <laughs> like, fuck it got like, two daddies yeah, I've always been this way here right man fuck it like why well, change up now yeah I mean I guess you know you can keep the congregation posted on this <laughs> newly found DNA identity journey you know cause that's crazy like this is like a Mori episode like yeah, you know, I told you, man. I told you, I just came here for one reason to get the memes them long. <laughs> and then you found out you got a whole tribe. <laughs> I told you that though. I've been telling you that. Uh, like my, my my grandma always told me, you know what I'm saying? She was like, you you can see things, you got you can feel things, and I always felt like that. Mm-hmm. Like I can get, you know, I I know I know when I know when it's when it's right. Mm-hmm. That's your crazy. Yep. Trying to get you to do yours. Mm. You may find a long lost sister out there somewhere. I'm gonna do mine, you but I think I'm. I think like. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, I know my daddy is my daddy. <laughs> no, I was about but Mike went on tour. You may have a sister somewhere. Oh, I definitely have a sister somewhere. He always says like you got a sister. She her name is um, Shatan, Jatan, mm-hmm. or something like that. She lives in California. Like, her mom didn't want... Because my dad was a knucklehead growing up, y'all. So, she didn't want her daughter to be... Um, no, I have a sister named Siobhan somewhere. And her mama's name is Jatan. And she didn't want my dad to be in her in the daughter's life. So, he always, like... He, he mentions it, and then he shuts down and says, like, I don't want to talk about it. So, yeah, like, I know... That would be crazy. If she did hers. If she did hers mm-hmm. or her mom did, you know, somebody did hers. And I have an older sister out there. Because I've always felt like, so I have three sisters, y'all. I have a sister that is, I have three older sisters. I'm the youngest. So I have a sister that I didn't grow up with. That is my dad's daughter. Um, I don't really We've had conversations, like, we're friends on social media, but, like, we never really just sat and really got to know each other. And I have two other sisters that have the same dad. So I kind of always felt like an outsider. Like, I was, like, always by myself because I don't have, like, anybody, like, that I can relate to. Your ally. Yeah. And with that was within, like, you know, like, my sister or, like, my, you know, whatever. So... Yeah, I think that would be, like, super dope. Like, if I had a sister out there that was, like, you know, kind of like me. Because mm-hmm. I'm 
so amazing. <laughs> That's crazy. Right. So I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm scared, but okay. I'm gonna do it. Don't be scared. Just go tell your story. You know, meet all your cousins. So I'll definitely. Just hope we not a match. <laughs> what the fuck? We are not related. <laughs> but I'm being mad. We are not. Do you have any Perrys in your in your ancestry? I ain't seen no Perrys, but, okay. but you know, most people get married all the time. I mean, Smiths. If it's, Smith. we won't talk about that. We are not related. <laughs> I got you, baby. I got you, boo. All right. So, Dr. Q, what's the moral of the story? I feel like this episode was therapeutic in certain ways, like certain shit I just had to say, get off my chest. Funny. I think the moral of the story is put a strap on it, man. <laughs> moral of the story, man. Stop trying to run out. You know, end Stop up. shooting bitches club up. Man, DNA, that's what you're doing. You're shooting DNA out. Ugh, that shooting is some creepy shit when you think about it. Mm-hmm. A whole kid, because if you think about it, if you really, really think about it, the woman has the egg, but the sperm is really the baby. And that shit is crazy. That shit really crazy, y'all. That how do you sperm. figure that? The sperm, how like, do you figure the sperm is really the baby? You know, the egg like, is really the baby. No, the sperm. Anything, everything happens from an let egg. Let tell you what happened. That's what, this is what happened. The sperm goes in. And then if she got the egg, the sperm go inside the egg. And that's how the baby forms. It grows from there. But the egg is the baby. No, it's not. It's just the uh, incubator. That's why women are incubators. You know what I'm saying? You guys are... I don't agree with that. I have to do some research. <laughs> we'll do some research. And, and get back to y'all. But we'll I don't agree with that. The, we are the baby. Next week. The life givers. Next week. Okay. We're not going to say incubators. We are the life Givers. Life givers. I say life givers. I, I like life givers. That's um, about it. And <laughs> without the egg in which a woman produces, there nah. would be no baby. Of course, it gotta go work together. But it what ha- I'm saying is, the sperm goes inside the egg, and that's the baby. Like the sperm is like the 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 bum, and then the the what's the, the bum? Rest. Yes, the, the the sperm is the bum, and then <laughs> the egg is the boom. So okay, like bum, I mean, boom. um, well, what came what came first, the chicken or the egg? Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't the chicken come from the egg? No, it came from God. Okay, so God, you know, dropped down, but the chicken derived. From an egg. egg. Yeah, you're right. Thank you. you. Case closed. I got you. <laughs> I got you. Um, moral of the story, congregation, is don't let your past, your upbringing, your childhood, don't let that shit define you. Define yourself. Write your own story. Rewrite your own story if you have to. Mm-hmm. Unlearn some shit that's damaging and toxic to you and thrive. Yep. There you go. Easy money. Hmm. Swish. <laughs> Kobe. Yeah. You funny. What else you got for the congregation? That's it. Thank That's you. That's it. Mm-hmm. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Ghetto and Godly. Let's keep the conversation going with your favorite host, Auntie Mimi. Co-host, Auntie Mimi and Dr. Key. Remember yeah, to always, 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 you guys, be good to yourself. 
and one another. Until yeah. next time. Next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.